and how it was it was just introduced so nicely and like <laughs> we just walked across my laptop i'm sorry oh boo i love animals Hi, I'm Elaine. And I'm B. And this is Can You Dig It? A High Q recap podcast. So we are finally on episode 12, Reunion of Cat and Crow. And honestly, <laughs> this episode was just great. I- this episode, I like I legitimately was I was squealing the whole episode. I loved it. It's literally so good. I love Nekoma. I love this episode. It was just perfect. And it started off perfectly too, because we get into, honestly, the best rivalry the entire series. And it's it's honestly so funny to me that they've had this rivalry for so long and they've like kept it going and pushed it to like include their teams in this rivalry that these two have. <laughs> They're so funny. Like, Personally, I don't really like UK Senior very much, but they're so Nekamana. funny. I love Nekamana. Nekamana makes up for any dislike I have of UK Senior because Nekamana, like the man, the legend, Nekamana. Coach Nekamana brings me so much joy. Something about the man. So happy. He's so funny. <laughs> He's we were so talking good. about best adults a few episodes back. This is him. This is the best adult. This is my favorite adult. This is honestly the perfect man. I love him. People think I'm crazy when I say I love him, but I really do. The guilt. I love, he's so good. He's great. And his personality is just like so fun. I just think he's so he's cool. So, he's so charming, but he's also really sweet. And I just, anytime I think of him, I think about like my favorite chapter, which happens later on. And I just... I love Nekamata so much. Yeah, and like in a previous episode, we talked about like the relationships that like the the, the coaches will have with the the students, and like Nekamata's relationship with his students is first of all extremely sweet and like very charming, and also funny as fuck. He is so funny with them. I think he is just like I really feel like because he's so old, he just kind of like says whatever he wants he's honestly love it. he's honestly the grandfather at this point and he's, he's so just gonna old. tell him how he it. yeah he's honestly so iconic i love this man i love him so much and i cannot wait for young nekomata to be animated like people are gonna be wild i'm so excited i am so so excited <laughs> it's gonna be great because like this rivalry right now it's like not even the beginning of it yeah, and, and for a show that is, like, so much about individual, uh, like, nemeses, rival, rivalries, theirs is, is so top-notch. It's, it's so great. great. The fact that the last time they played together was five years ago, yet they're still so, like, at each other's, like, throats, basically, with this rivalry that they have, that they've dragged their teams into at this point. It's been, like, a 40 50 year rivalry going on now 
They go on, I think, okay, I'm pretty sure Miyagi, Miyagi and Tokyo are like nine hours away from each other. Yeah, no, like, I, it's I've not a short that. trip. It's very far from apart. It is not a short trip. They're not like real close. Like they take a long ass bus trip to go to play against each other. And it's like so much about just like this petty rivalry that they're like all of these we're gonna spend like a thousand dollars to get these kids just so that we can like be petty with each other like it's so funny it's so good honestly it's the only thing that makes me wish we had more of Ukai senior honestly as much as he's very hit or miss I really do like the moments that we get with him when it comes to this rivalry and then also the fact that Nekamata is constantly bringing him up, even when he's not there, it just cracks me up. Yes, it's so funny. Like, the way he's just, like, talking about him, he's like, oh, yeah, like, like dissing him to his own grandson. Like, it's just iconic. It's he literally so is like, you, he's like, you look like your grandfather. Like, it's just, he's not even there, and Nekamata is it's just, cute. it's great. But yeah, in that opening, we also get like sort of an explanation of like the team's parallels of how they had like a similar rise and fall. Um, yeah, that's just, it's, it's a good setup. Honestly, like the, the nekoma Karasuno rivalry is one of the best done parts, I think. Uh, like it goes over the longest the longest span of time of any of the kind of like arcs exactly that happen and it's just really good exactly we start building it up the 12th episode of season one and when i ever get to actually like see it until season five now yeah that's like been built up Mm -hmm. but it also doesn't feel like a very like intentional i didn't honestly really think about it that much as being like a given that it would happen even though like the show kind of sets you up for it it still doesn't it doesn't feel predictable it was done really nicely. So the episode opens after after the theme song and everything, and Hirata calling out to Kenma just like melts my heart. I loved their friendship so it much. So good. I, I love their friendship. I just it makes me so happy, and the fact that like he like Hirata recognizes the fact already that Kenma's like not a very sociable person. But the fact that Kenma was just so, like, like last, last episode, he was so, like, quick to, like, open up to this boy that he just met. And I just, it makes, it warms my heart. I love them. Yeah. Um, and you know what's interesting? I feel like Hinata, ha- Hinata has a lot of social intelligence. Like, it's this isn't the only example of this. Like, I, I have some other examples that we'll, we'll get to later on of just, like, times where Hinata is very conscious of like what other people need from him. Exactly. He can recognize that Kenma is like a socially anxious person and like isn't very talkative, but he also can tell that he, it would be, that doesn't mean that he wouldn't be receptive to like respond to questions. Do you know what I mean? Exactly, yeah. He never once like looked, like thought differently about him. He was just like, okay, he's just not gonna talk a lot. That's fine, I'll do most of the talking. And that's how their friendship is. Yeah, but he's not like that with everyone. Like even when we meet characters later who exactly. are less talkative, like when he's with Aone, he isn't like that at all. Exactly. He matches him there. And it's like, I don't know. I just think it really shows that Hinata has a lot of intelligence when it comes to how to interact with people. Really great. I don't even, can we even call it a friendship yet? Another really great quote unquote rivalry 
that we have between Karasuno and Nekama is Tora and Tanaka. And Tora! I love Takatora so much. I love this entire scene. I think Tora is just so fun. I've always loved him, but like as of late, when I've been like rewatching like a lot of like bits of it and then like watching season four, I just, I love him so much. He's so great. I gotta say, I did not actually really like jive with Tora until Cats vs. Monkeys. Like until that time in the manga, I was like, I was like, whatever, he's fine. It changes your opinion. Like Cats vs. Monkeys changes everything. I'm like, going back, it just like changes everything. I love Cats vs. Monkeys so much. It's honestly my favorite episode. It is so so fucking good. But um, back to this episode, it, um, now going back, like, I freaking, I love Tora. You know, and like before, I would always call him Yamamoto. I was like, Yamamoto. But now it's like, that's Tora. Like, that's, that's my boy Tora. Like, he's Tora. just so cute. He's great. Oh, call me Tora. Um, I was just like, so overwhelmed, honestly, watching like, all of the Nekoma character introductions. Like, I was getting like, so excited about every one of them. They're just all so different from each other but it works so good like oh my god yaku's introduction made me want to die i love him so much i love yaku the fact that like him and like Shuga are like apologizing they're like i'm so sorry for my idiot it's like oh no i'm so sorry for mine and it's just like it's so good especially i honestly i love their like their interactions together because they both have that same thing of like they're so outwardly polite to people, but they are both so ready to throw hands when it comes time. Like they have the same vibes and I just, it's I so it. good. And I know, I know that no one cares about him but me. I know that I'm the only one, but Shimiyama Yuki is the cutest person I've ever seen in my life. I was actually about to talk about him and talk about be like your boy. Where you score? <laughs> He's so cute. He's just so excited to get that yakisoba bun. I just love him. And and like this whole episode, he's just like standing next to Nekomata, like talking to him. It just I love him. It's so great. It's so great. He honestly is like the sweetest little thing. He's so cute. And I feel so bad that he's like the only one that they took with them that like isn't playing. And he's just like just like standing there. Well, my she, pull up. He's doing up and coming Libro, he's gonna, he has to like learn how it works, I guess. I don't know. I feel like he was just really excited to go. Knowing him, he was probably so excited to be able to travel with them and to watch this. He's just, he's so good. He's so good. I can't, I can't wait to talk about him for real. He just, mm. something about Yuki calling Tora, Takatora-san, like it just like really was so satisfying for my brain. It was like, he's so precious they call him Takatora like I don't know why that makes me so happy that they're on a first name basis but it does I just think it's really good it's really <sighs> to me it's not even like he's calling him Tora because he's like oh my friends call me Tora it's the full name is is precious oh my gosh and then another great introduction moment we have is the Daikoro handshake I I know you have a lot of feelings about this. Oh my god. I cannot put into words this bizarre interaction and rivalry they have with each other. Like, it makes, like, 
it makes sense for other characters, I guess, because like Tora and Tanaka are the types to like rile each other up or whatever. But the way that Koro and Daichi are just so quick to be like squeezing each other's hands and like so intense with each other when they just met, I just don't get it, but it's my favorite thing. I, I, I love this weird rivalry, friendship, whatever it is they have going on. It's something about it. I, I just love it so much. Like I always think about it. So I think it's really great because I definitely think that they are both the kind of people who would get really wrapped up in the whole like Karasuno Nekoma like rivalry thing before even like meeting each other. Like Daichi was already talking about this before. Like he was so excited about it, even though he had like never met anyone like him. But I feel like both of them are the kind of people who like would walk into the situation already being like, oh yeah, this is gonna be so intense and like getting really invested in something they like aren't even a part of yet exactly the entire bus ride there Koro's probably like planning out what he wants to say and like imagining what this team's gonna be like it has this whole like thing going on they're just it's so it's so funny like I I don't understand it but I do and I I just love it it's the it's so great to me it's so good yeah and this this really is like obviously because it's Nekoma this is like the episode of parallels, right? And so we also get Naoi and Ukai, which like, I know we've, we've already talked about how Ukai is like kind of very much similar to Tanaka. And I just like have this feeling that in high school, Naoi and Ukai were like Tora and Tanaka. Like that was their vibe. 100%, I can feel it. Because the second after they were like done, like, like instigating each other, they were like, best friends again yeah it's really great and like I feel like they're doing it more subtly now because they're like adults or whatever but like it's that same energy and I just I think it's so fun the relationship between Karasuno and Nekama is just friendly rivalry and I love it because it's done so well yes it's like the purest thing honestly I love the way it makes me so happy. So then we, yeah, then we get another great Nekomata moment of him interacting with Takara, which just like my two favorite adults, or I guess adult like teachers, like both of them interacting with each other. It just makes me so happy. And the way Takara kept like bowing and like being so like, I don't know, just like bashful about it. It was, it was so sweet. And then I love the fact that Nekamata just called him out with just like, I mean, it was kind of hard to ignore all those phone calls, but he wasn't even like mad about it. He honestly was just teasing because he just, he, he just teases everybody, everyone. And he is so tiny. Like, do we have a height staff for Nekamata? I'm sure it's because he's shrunk because he is like almost 80 years old, but like he's shorter than Takata and like Takata's not a tall man. He is five foot he's almost five seven he's 169 centimeters oh okay he's taller than I thought he's taller than me so it's not hard <laughs> but he's not he's not as tiny as I thought he looks really tiny in that scene though it might just be like the spacing and like the animation and stuff because sometimes like even the the short characters look like really tall or the tall characters look short based on like I always just pictured him being like a really tiny Grandpa, I feel though. like he would be tiny. I feel like he would shrink a lot. Like something about him just makes me think he shrunk. But also I think it's because the Ukais are both just really tall too. That it just makes him seem a lot shorter in comparison. That's true. He's also always sitting down. Like That's true. Okay. 
he's sitting down. Yeah. Um, right, so then we get the speeches, the pre-game speeches. Um, and I think that the distinction between like, it's, it's again, it's setting up like, we have the parallels, but we also have the, the differences. And these speeches like totally separate the two teams of like Karasuno, who is like a team of individuals versus Nekoma, who is like one cohesive unit. They are one. The Nekoma chant is, I don't know how I feel about it still. Something about it is... I don't think I know it. Basically, Koro just is trying to be as deep and profound as he can. And oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know what I thought you were talking about. You're the blood. And I'm just like, I get it. But at the same time, I feel like Kenma, because I'm like... It's just so much. I love that Kuro is just like so much. Like he seems just like the kind of person who is like randomly just like very dramatic about things out of nowhere. And this is one of those things. And I'm sure like he says the same thing every match, which is just like so good that he has like a ritual speech. I love him. It's fine. Hello, Kuro. He is literally like so geeky in the best way. He's like, he's just, I think it's so funny, like, what people do with his character. I was like, I act like he's so when, like, really, like, I feel like you meet this guy in real life, and he is just, like, he's just, like, a guy. Like, he's the most guy-like guy ever. Like, what are the kind of things that, like, Koro would talk about? Like, he talks about, like, nutrition and, like, dumb shit. Like, he is just something. I don't know. I think he's such a funny guy. I love him. And the whole, like, interpretation that people like to have about him, it just is, like, so funny to me because it's, like, you're clearly not watching. At all? You're clearly not watching what I'm watching because he's honestly nowhere near that. He's not like that at all. He's not. At all. At all. At all. At all. And I, it's just he's so he's like gangly and weird and I love it oh god he's literally just like a geeky high school teenage boy but like geeky in the best way he he makes me so happy honestly I think one of the things about Koro that is really great is like so the author has like said in the past that they don't they don't like understand the character that they wrote like it was in one I think it was in one of the guidebooks or something they were like I don't really like Koro like I I don't really know what his deal is which like I think honestly made writing him better exactly he's like one thing he is like no one really knows either it's kind of just he's him he is him and I love him I think he's so good um but yeah then the match starts and I love Hinata and Inuoka's interactions with each other they're so cute they are precious and like honestly, I really like Lev. This is like the only thing that I'm salty about with him is that I'm mad that because Lev becomes the regular starter, we get less Inuoka. Honestly, yes. It was like so heartbreaking to go from like seeing him being a starter and then like later on in season two when he's not. I was like, I'm so upset. I know. It's upsetting to me too. Like it really it just makes me sad because he's actually like kind of a really important character in this first match and then he kind of just like completely stops being important and it's just like "Mm, okay he literally was like tracking Hinata like like early on just like able to like catch on yeah honestly I 
the way that they did this whole thing was like so good. But yeah, like their 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 interactions like throughout this whole episode. And I really like Inuoka. He's just cute. He's a cute, cute kid. He is really cute, yes. I mean, honestly, I think everyone on Nekomo is really cute. But Inuoka is just so... He's peppy. He is. I was getting so emotional about Kenma. When he's, like, talking to Hinata through the net, like... I love Kenma. God, it really, it really makes me, like... Honestly, it makes me emotional, too how he he views the whole team as like really good together he doesn't think just like one person's good he's like I think we're like all like I think as a team we're really good kind of makes me so happy and I really wish people weren't so one-sided with his personality because everything that I see with like people talking about him is very just two-dimensional and I'm like Kenma's so he's a very three-dimensional character and I feel like people choose to ignore a lot of his personality and like view like him very one-sided. And that's why I really love season four and like Cats vs. Monkeys, especially when we get to see that. Kenma's just great, honestly. I have so much love for Kenma. Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like it's gotten it's gotten a lot better as more people have read the manga, especially. But like I think I remember in like 2016, it was like every single thing about Kenma was like this like Uwu social anxiety like really just like I don't know it was it was just like very weirdly pointed and I get it I get like being 16 and like feeling those feelings and like projecting them onto a character but like at some point you have to acknowledge that like he isn't just that he has like a lot going on exactly and I do agree it's gotten a lot better but it took so long for people to start finally realizing I think that that part of his character is really important though. Like his his anxiety and like having a hard time making friends is like a really important part of his character because it makes his bonds with the friends that he has like so much stronger. Exactly. Like he has such a strong bond with everybody on Nekoma because he like doesn't have other friends, you know? He isn't willing to put himself out there, but he did it for them and like they're extremely close with him. His biggest motivations are all his friends, right? His biggest motivations are his teammates and Hinata, who is also his friend. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I just freaking, I, I love Kenma. I think he's one of the best written characters as well. He is an incredibly written character. I love him so much. Just a little side note again. Noya is still scolding Asahi about missing practice. It's like a total one-liner, but it just like... I think it's so good. I think it's so funny. He seems the type of person who will constantly bring something up that happened months ago just to get a rise out of him. Yes, literally every time he does something, he's like, that's what you get. It's so funny. I think I I love that though. Yeah, he's just a good time. And oh my gosh, then he has that that moment with Yaku when he calls him like trouble. I just, I freaking love that moment. The way that Noya looks and like views Yaku as a player is so like it's so special to me. I I think it's so like nice to see like other characters like to see like the characters admiring like other players from other teams, but the way that like Noya views Yaku, it's just like something about it is just so sweet to me. Yeah, I really, really like their their relationship with one another, especially. And like the fact that he was so easily 
able to be like oh shit like we're gonna have to watch out for him Mm -hmm. I I just think it's like and like Noya right he has like a really good game sense and he's like really good at at reading people and this was just like such a snap judgment on his part and he's like totally right Yaku Ely is like one of the best fucking amazing yeah he is yeah he's he's top three definitely in the show he's just so good and I just love the way that like he can instill so much fear in an opponent without like really even doing anything like right he I mean obviously he's doing things by like doing the receives but the fact that they're so like they're almost he is so scary it's like his defense becomes an offense it's great it's so nice when you like see the characters having the same reaction that you do I just love Yaku I can't wait to see more Yaku he makes me really happy Yaku's great he's he's so good and like honestly Okay, the fact that both of the players that went pro from Nekoma are both of the Libros, something about that just, like, really makes me happy. And it should, because, like, it's honestly so, it's so great. Because, like, other teams had their players go pro, but it was never the Libros. So, like, getting to see that, like, both of them going pro, it's like, as they should. They're both really good. Even though we don't get to really see the one in, like, his, like, second and third year but I just I honestly Shibayama is so good even just in those like few little minutes we get to see him play ever he does a good job and like also I have a really sweet spot for him especially because as someone who is in a field it's not sports but it's very similar and it's very competitive and at some point it's like I have to be happy with myself for even like being a professional in a capacity and like yeah Shibuyama is not gonna be you know he's not like an Olympic level athlete he's like I don't know he's not he's not in division one right but he's still professional and like the same with Tsukushima like they're not they're they're semi-professional but like they're still doing this and like I don't know I think that it's really great to like show that and have a character like that where it's like they are successful like you can't you can't deny that they're successful even though they're not exactly and I don't know I just think it's he makes me so happy he's really precious and just like like Yaku and his protege both being pro it just oh they call time out and I really like this scene because it shows so well one how much of an advantage Nekoma has of like having a seasoned coach Mm -hmm. because like that's just like not something we really see from Mukai for like a while like he calls a timeout and he is like helpful but like Nekomata recognizes like so quickly what needs to be fixed and he like goes to do it immediately exactly um like that's a reason why Nekoma is just so strong because Nekomata as her coach is like so he's honestly really analytical and we don't really get to see it but the fact that he's able to point out these things just so quickly like the match had just started really yeah exactly and I mean we even get that moment of like when Krasno is like I feel like we're being like watched Mm -hmm. and like that is the whole thing about Nekoma which again is like completely in opposition to Krasno where Krasno is just like go 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 like hit it over and over again until something works but like Nekoma is gonna analyze like every detail of the situation and then like respond um oh my gosh I love the moment when Kenma says show yo and, and Tamara is like show yo 
in like the most questioning way. It's he's so like, funny. He's honestly just so confused about how Ken of all people is on a first name basis with some kid from Karasuno. Just some random kid. He's like, Shoyo? Like, what, what are you talking about? And then Inuoka calls him that too. Like, I just, the fact that Inuoka calls him Shoyo, like, that makes me so happy. And I know that he probably partially does it because Kenma did, but like, it just, it's such good vibes. Oh, this is also the first time that we get to addressing the Tsubishima Hinata like opposition thing of seeing them as like, I can't think of the word. You know what I mean? The yeah. sun and the moon thing. Yes. Okay. I was like, I think so. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Kenwin doesn't say, he doesn't use that analogy yet. That's um, what Yachi says, but it's it's like shaping up to show us that like distinction between the two of them, which again is just like Kenma can so clearly like see things like that. And it's just really good. Kenma's also very like analytical. Like they call him the brain because he just like spots it. Like in the middle of a set, in the middle of a play, he just will like notice these little things. And then he even uses it when they're having that time out to be like, we have to stop him because that's going to be like the best way to go about this and to help us be successful. Do you remember that that fan art, the movie fan art before the time skip came out of him as a coach? I just love that. He would be so good. He would honestly be a great coach. But at the same time, imagining Ken as a coach is just oh, not- a nightmare. <laughs> He'd be like Nekamata, but without the like grandfather. Any of the fun. <laughs> I do. I love that art. Honestly, shout out to Mookie. I Such a good artist. Constantly thinking about that art. They are always on my mind. Every single comic, every single drawing. I'm just always thinking about you, Mookie. Yeah, really talented. And that that art, like, it was so good. We get the, the flashback. <sighs> I feel like you probably, you, you can take the lead on this because I feel like you have a lot of feelings. I have so many feelings for Koro and Kenma's relationship and just the fact that Kenma was always like I'm going to play because Koro needs me to play with him like he even says this to Hinata he's like my friend needs me and like he even like says like friends is in the plural but he honestly like does mean Koro because like as friends when they were like really young when they first met like that was just what they did and now he just really didn't want to do it and like how he wanted to quit because of everything that like the upperclassmen were saying and they kind of they kind of like touch on it like later on if you get into season four but just the fact that he stayed with it and kept playing all because Koro and Kuro being like you're like he's like you're really talented like you're analytical you were made to be the setter and just the fact that the two of them just like have such a strong relationship with each other where they have been friends for like nearly 10 years and you can see it in like the way that they act with each other. Like the relationship that they have, is just so strong. And it's honestly one of my, it is, I can't even say one of mine. It is hands down. My favorite relationship bond in all of IQ is theirs. It's just so, it's honestly perfect to me how it went from being, I feel like I can't talk about it too much because I'm going to start spoiling later chapters, but how it was always kind of just saying I need to play because of him but it's turned into so much more 
I just love them a lot. I think they have such a like a such a great relationship and such a great friendship. Yeah, honestly, um, as someone who also like has a best friend who's been their best friend since we were like six years old, there is just something very special about being friends with someone who like I love all my friends, but there's something that will always be so special about having a friend who has known you like before you were you. Like when you're so young that like your personalities shape each other at that point when you've known someone for so long and been so close. And like, I feel like you can really see it with the two of them and just like the way they talk to each other and the way they exist around each other. Like it's so unique to them. And it's just, it's, it's amazing. And like, this is just the starting point of their relationship. Like we get to see later on in season four and then in like a later, like later chapter and volume, <sighs> just how strong this relationship is. And I was like, I can't talk about it too much because I really will spoil this chapter. I mean, like we could talk about partners. We've already talked about partners. We could talk about partners in every single episode of this podcast. <laughs> it's it's constantly on my mind. I have it saved literally in my tabs just so I can read it whenever I want because that's just it's that great but just the fact that this is like the beginning kind of introduction of this relationship so I just yeah but the introduction to this relationship is just done so nicely and accurately and how you can really see the impact that they've had on each other at this point yeah totally and I also think that it introduces a really important part of Koru's character like the flashback is about Kenma but I think it introduces a really good point about Koro as like someone who is always encouraging other people. Like that is a very key part of his character. And like he does it, he does it with Tenma and he does it with Tsukushima later on. And he, and then like in the time skip, you know, I, the phrase lower the net is like constantly on my mind. I think about lower the net all the time. It's so good. He honestly, he he's captain, like he has the title, but he fits it so well. Yeah. He's a natural born leader. Yeah, he has this way about him. And I think it's honestly like, he just, he's someone that just seemed really cut out for like that sort of thing. Like he just is like a very encouraging person who like, he has no ulterior motive for like wanting to people to succeed. He's just like, he sees someone struggling and he's like, yeah, like, let me help you and I don't know it's just like really sweet like he does not have to like spend all the time that he spends later with Tsukushima and like he and Kenma probably would have seen each other all the time anyway like he's only doing it because he thinks that it's like in Kenma's best interest because he like really just wants other people to be at their best as well my favorites from Nekuma are just all so just they're just so great and like you really get to see like why they're such great characters even just within this episode alone yeah honestly like the thing about this like I love Seijo but Seijo is not this lovable right off the bat like at all exactly like Nekuma just like I can't imagine not just thinking they're great like they're great they're they just seem like great people to be around they just make me feel like welcome yeah, honestly, this team has, like, some of my favorite team dynamics. Then, so, Ino, Ino, Inooka is, like, he gets a hang of blocking Hinata, and just, just one little moment that made me so emotional, which, again, is just, like, a moment of, like, I just, I love ne Nekuma, 
is when Tora is like ruffling his hair and like congratulating him on being able to block Hinata. It's just so cute. It's honestly, it's I, I love it. They're just like, they're just all like a bunch of like friends. They're just friendly with each other. I feel like Tora likes to think that he's like the older brother or something. I just, yes, I'm sure he has that like kind of thing with them. And like, that's the thing about, about them, like versus let's say Sage, like I cannot imagine any of them acting that way with each other. Like, even though the, the upperclassmen are like cool and like, like how is like very sweet to the first years he he's not gonna go around like ruffling people's hair like they're not like that versus like this team is just like they're so close to one another and and yeah, that's another way that they're like Karasuno is that like you know we also see them going out and like going to like the convenience store together and stuff and then like Daichi like buying them snacks yeah or and, like Toro buy some snacks like stuff like that it's just like so good it's just wholesome Oh yeah, okay, so then Hinata is finally, like, learning how to hit the ball without his eyes closed, <laughs> which, like, I feel like this is, like, Hinata's actually finally learning how to play volleyball. Like, he was kind of, like, making it up before this point, and he, like, keeps kind of making it up for a long time, but, like, this is the first time that there's a moment of, like, I don't know, other than, like, the receives. As far as spiking goes, this was his first, like, technical achievement, um, so it was definitely an important moment in that aspect random side note i noticed that ukai is wearing a different tracksuit which was he really yeah he's wearing a blue tracksuit he's wearing he's not wearing his red tracksuit you know what he probably did it on purpose exactly that's what i was thinking i can just like so clearly picturing him you know like getting ready for the day and just being like i'm gonna wear my nice tracksuit like he's like i can't wear this red one I got a really good one. <laughs> I don't know why. I just think that's so funny that he would just like care that much. And like, you know, he does. Like, that's the whole reason he's here he's for this. Honestly, just so funny. But yeah, so that's kind of where the episode ends. We're like really just in the midst of this match. Honestly, this is Inuoko's episode. He is his episode. He freaking kills it. Honestly, he's so cute so good he does such a good job I'm now I'm like honestly getting really bitter that he gets switched out not gonna lie I've talked about Lev a little bit you know I, like a lot of people know how I feel about Lev so like it was like very sad for me especially since it's like watching this episode I'm like I can see why he's a starter like he just he's caught, good he's so good he caught on so quick yeah it honestly does kind of bump me out because like I don't know if he wasn't like a if he wasn't good then I'd be like, yeah, okay, sure. But like, he's good. So it makes me really sad, but he doesn't get to play more. Honestly, I have the same feelings. Like, I get it, but still I'm salty about it. Because I can't help but imagine how I would feel, you know? I would be very upset. I would you know, be really sweetheart, upset. so he's never been like vocal about it or shown it. But I personally would be very, very bummed. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of all we have for this episode. Yeah, a lot of stuff that I had to say was mainly just about Nekama at the beginning. So I don't have a lot else. Um, oh, do we want to do our new uh, our new segment? Yes, actually, I would really like to do that. Okay, so I don't know what we're calling this or what we're how we're gonna do it exactly. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I guess we were just we we spend a lot of time like talking about songs 
that relate to characters and like both of us make a lot of character playlists and like I don't know I just think it's a really interesting thing like and at this point everything that I consume kind of like always ends up relating to Haikyuu in some way like I listen to a song or like I see something I'm like oh that like reminds me of this person and so I don't know I just want to talk about it more so it's just like we're just gonna go through characters like once a week and think of a song that is like bring 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 forth a song that is like that character's theme song that's how I'm thinking about it like a theme song I feel like theme song is the best way to say it this week we wanted to start off with our favorite we were gonna do Oikawa and a song that makes us think about him and looking through my playlist that I made for him I have 46 songs um (laughs) yeah I have 46 songs so it was really hard for me to choose theme song I guess for him and I still like kind of debating between a few just because I feel like so many songs fit him so I'm just gonna narrow it down to the one that I have been associating with him a lot, lot more than recently. And it is actually one that you had said really reminds you of him. And then the more I thought about it, the more I was like, okay, yes, it does. And it's Wildflowers by Dolly Parton. Oh God, that's one of my, my choices too. Is it really? It was either yes. Wildflowers or Cry for Judas by the Mountain Goats. Dude. And they're both ones you had said that cry for judas was my top most listened to song last year on spotify like it's so good yes i have a lot like those two for sure i just have so many songs that just make me think about him but like i've been on a dolly kick lately and we've been on a really hard dolly kick for both of us it's true wildflowers is such a fitting song for him in my opinion it's honestly, it's so fitting, like, for, for what his character arc is, and, like, hang on, I'm gonna get the lyrics, I'm just gonna read a couple of them, because, like, it's just, it's, first of all, it's just an incredible song, and we never listened to Dolly Parton, Wildflowers is an incredible song, Dolly Parton is incredible. If you don't listen to Dolly, you should, and if you do you listen should. to Dolly, you should listen to Wildflowers. Fucking should. Yeah, just, like, even just the chorus, just a wild mountain rose needing freedom to grow. So I ran fearing not where I'd go. When a flower grows wild, it can always survive. Wildflowers don't care where they grow. It just like, with everything that happens with him, it just like, it's honestly such it's a perfect. It's perfect. From like and the end of season two to where we see him again post time skip in the manga, it just fits. It just like, it really, it, it kills me. Um, and then yeah, like, Cry for Judas is just like, I feel like Cry for Judas is like the exact opposite, like part of him, because Wildflowers is like so much that part of him that is like the part that is about like how he overcomes the the things that were like put on him and how he grows and he he's like the person, you know, who leaves this environment and like really I feel like he and Hinata are the same in that they are forging their own path in a way that not really any of the other characters do. But Cry for Judas is like the opposite side of that same feeling of like, he wants to leave everything because fuck all of this shit. Like all of these like emotions and like this baggage that he has. They're complete polar opposites, but they both fit him so well. Yeah, it's just like 
God, I freaking, that song like killed me. There's just so many songs that fit him. And he is honestly in the sense that he's just such a like diverse character. Like he just is so, I can't even like explain it. We were just talking about him, but like, he's just so great. Honestly, he's great. Um, Okay, so yeah, my pick, my, my picks were, I also picked Wildflowers. But then, honestly, my all-time top pick that I think, like, kind of encompasses both sides of him in this way of, like, that, like, forging your own path and existing free of the burdens, but also, like, never really letting go of them in those two songs, I think, converge with Superbloom. How did I already know? It was because you know. Superbloom by Mr. Wives is, yes. It's oh, a song. And it's funny because a lot of the songs on the playlist are songs that you had mentioned that like, really remind you of him. And then it's like songs that I've obviously heard but never thought about it till I listened again. And I was like, okay, but you're so right. It just like it just kills me. Like he does deserve congratulations. He does. I don't know. He just makes me so emotional. And like he really is a kind of the kind of character where like there are some characters where I can like pick a couple songs, but yeah, like I don't know why I've never made an Oikawa playlist. I guess because I basically just like live through yours. Yeah, my like <laughs> 46 song playlist. I was actually just listening to it the other week. <laughs> I'm so honored. Um, also, the other song. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say a joke song that comes from a like headcanon, I guess you could say, from the both of us is G by Girls Generation. <laughs> Gee, okay. I don't know why. Where did this even come from? We were just like talking about like high cue boys and like who would like K-pop and like Oikawa. Just you know, you know, he has to be a girls' generation stan. And like, just I can just imagine him like what I don't know. G probably came out when he was like ten, maybe. I can just like imagine him watching it over and over and over again and just being like so obsessed with it. Honestly, yes. There was like no doubt in my mind that he'd be a girl group stan. Oh, of course. Yes. Girls' generation. It was perfect for him. Honestly, there's no like real meaning behind why I correlate the song with him other than just this. It just feels. It just feels right. Honestly, right. It's just like we know for a fact that he like stays up super late, and like in the canon, we see him like watching volleyball. But I just. I will never let go of the headcanon of like Oikawa filming himself doing K-pop girl group dances in his bedroom at like three in the morning and sending messages to me and like expecting him to care. It's just so funny to me. It's great. Honestly, it's not canon, but it is. We're gonna we're gonna <laughs> live our life believing that it is, because it should be. Because it should be. Oh, okay. So I'm actually looking at your playlist now. And another honorable mention that I just have to give is to At Least I'm Not As Sad As I Used To Be by Fun. Okay. <laughs> honestly, that one is, like, this playlist is random. It's honestly so perfect for him. I think, okay, first of all, Aim and, Aim and Ignite is, like, one of the best albums I've ever listened to in my life. It is so good. And that song is, like... It's just so good. And at the very same time in my life that I was like deeply, deeply connected to Oikawa and like really relating to his experience, I was also really into that song. 
so just like that correlation in my mind was already there and then I like saw it on your playlist I was like it's all happening it is meant to be oh it's so good also this playlist has a a large amount of Ariana Grande which I I agree with I mean he's he's a very diverse character he deserves a very (laughs) diverse playlist oh and another honorable mention to not necessarily the song totally but the Oikawa Toru You Should See Me in a Crown AMV. I was about to <laughs> You Should See Me Crown. It's incredible. It's a stunning AMV. Like I am not <laughs> that sentence sounds contradictive just like in itself, like because it's an AMV, but like it's so good. So shout out to um Luminous on YouTube for it. It is incredible. If you haven't seen it, you should really go watch it. I've seen it probably thousand times now it is so good and it's so perfect for him i'm going to include a link to both that amv and your playlist if anyone wants to experience the great king it's there for you i feel like we got really off topic but i had a lot of fun doing this episode yeah me too honestly this episode was really good um it was like the most excited i've been in a long time like i was just really hyped the whole time we watched it it was just it was a really quality episode. Like, I just feel living. And the next episode is honestly, like, just as good. The next episode. I feel like I know it. Hold on. Oh, yes. Of course. Yeah, it's, you know, the second half of their match. And it's just, like, it's just more of them just being excellent. I just, ugh, I love it. You're great. All right. Well, that's all I got. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. It's going to be Can You Dig It, like the name of this podcast, Can You Dig It, underscore P-O-D. So want to follow yeah, us on Twitter? I can yeah, all, we can um, also post a link to the playlist there. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. I'm Elaine. And I'm B. Bye. Bye. Bye.